Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Overmanga Cast. That time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures overanalyzing manga that we find interesting. My name is Sam, and join Matt, Jake, and I this week on the show as we dive into Bibliomania, written by Orval and illustrated by Machiro. We read the whole thing, because it's only 12 chapters. If you're reading along, it's it's not a lot of work to do. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Overmanga Cast. My name is Sam, and as always, here at the top of the show, we talk about our familiarity with the franchise that we uh, read this week, though franchise, not really, it's just a one-shot uh, story. Uh, I had not heard of this until Matt brought it up as an option for us to read, and I was like, yeah, that seems pretty fun. So, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, Jacob, how about you? Matt, in a Discord call, was like, hey, it's short. It's this little girl going through a mansion that's like evil and stuff. And she has to go through every room to escape. Then he showed the uh, cover. I was like, yeah, that that looks cool. Let's read that. And then we read that. And Matt. Yeah, and uh, I've read this, I think, now a few times now. It's weird. It's short. And it goes off the deep end into like a weird artistic like fever dream. Uh, It it just checks a lot of boxes for something I really enjoy. And we needed a one-shot, so uh, we read it. (laughs) Indeed, and we are short a J this week, which is a bit of a shame because I think she'd like the art. Maybe. It's very intricate. I don't know if it's her particular style, but... She might also vehemently hate the art. It's hard to tell with her sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we start out in uh, one of my favorite ways of doing it in media strays. Uh, A random explosion and then uh, a something narrating as death happens off screen actually what we start with is a bible quote this is going to tie into a thing later that was sort of an amusing bit for me uh but yeah we start off with um it's like page of just a bible quote and then uh explosion which kind of looks like broccoli spooky narration and apparently people getting eaten by a snake monster that we don't get to see. You know, eventually we get a, uh, basically a title page of a bunch of uh, sunk uh, modern warships with the title Bibliomania. Mm -hmm. Well, you say modern warships, they've got the uh, silhouette of them, but uh, one of the prevailing uh, visual themes of this is that they have mouths. (laughs) Everything's got these really weird stylized eyes and sharp toothed mouths. It's very cool looking. It's very uh, distinct aesthetic. Very form over function. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it looks I, cool. Uh, it doesn't look like it worked out for them, but uh, you know no. what? It makes for a great splash page. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, after our brief introductory segment of a, of a big shadowy thingy uh, devouring people, uh, talking about how eating is its only happiness, uh, we cut to a small girl waking up in a blank white void. And he Im- and immediately from every bit of her mannerisms, it is very obvious she is not normal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, uh, I knew there was something up with her, like literally from the first, le- not from the first page, but like, I guess it was the second page where it's just her sitting in this void like, well, guess I'm going to wait for the plot to come to me. Considering what is revealed about Alice Slater, that's interesting because the first page is the broccoli explosion and then the narration is I, I heard a loud sound, I opened my eyes. 
And then for Alice in the White Void, there's a ding. A new guest has arrived. And she opens her eyes. It's an interesting parallel. Yeah, that's cute. I like it. They're setting it up early. But uh, yeah, she's in a blank white void. And there is a uh, intricate door. And she just kind of sits there. There's a 431 tattooed on her hand. And I'm like, Infinity Train? <laughs> she she gets a mischievous look on her face, which again, like, wow, you're definitely not a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> that well, is not a normal person reaction. Well, it's great because she's got a 431 on her hand and the door says 430. So, hmm, I wonder what happens when I go through the door. And as she goes to turn the intricate uh, serpent doorknob with a crown on the serpent, uh, a serpent, in a, a serpent in a suit shows up and it's like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Welcome to my manor. So my name is literally Serpent. I am definitely not the devil. <laughs> yeah, this is this is actually the reason why I brought up the Bible quote, because there is so much like there's so much Bible theming. It, it primes you to think that the title Bibliomania is specifically referencing like biblical we find out eventually kind of but not really kind of but not like that <laughs> yeah it, it it it's setting you up to think in a certain way about the characters uh mm. so that they almost entirely so that it can be subverted later and it's one of those ones where it's like you then proceed to reread it and it's like yeah no this was obviously the intention from the beginning there was no there was no like change a uh, change of creative direction this was planned from the beginning that was done on purpose to mislead you yeah i really like serpent he's just a big old snack he's got his spindly fingers he's got a, a, a slick suit on and uh he does he's got a winning smile a very winning smile yes and he does that fun cartoon character thing where he just constantly contorts into different shapes to fit his narration he does very spooky things with his hands. So yes, he introduces himself as Serpent and asks uh, his guest what her name is. And she says, I'm Alice. He's like, well, then welcome <laughs> to the manor. Please make she, yourself she at home. She barely reacts to his presence, by the way. Mm -hmm. He kind of slips into the scene in his like Tim Burton cosplay appearance. And then she's just like, no, this is normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he really does come across as like a, as a Burton character. It's great. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he insists that Alice stay here in this room and wait for the party to begin. Specifically, the room can grant any uh, wish that uh, you possibly could have. In, in order to make your idle waiting a bit a bit more tolerable. And you see, we just need to wait until all 666 rooms in the manor are filled up and then the party begins. Uh, roll of three. There's the third biblical reference. <laughs> <laughs> it's like as long as she's in the uh, in the room all her wishes will come true so when her uh, tummy grumbles hungrily a massive strawberry appears and turns the whole white void which is apparently frosting into a big cake and oh. I, I, I just love serpent so much he's so he's so fucking goofy <laughs> like he'd be incredibly terrifying in in like a truly animated form probably but in this he's just silly <laughs> I think I think part of his nature is that he's a little bit goofy. Like I think that's kind of the point where it's like he's he's scary and unsettling, but he's he's just a silly guy, mm -hmm. and uh, it like adds to the unnerving nature of it. Is like like he he's obviously the devil, right, guys? Like that's like in six six hundred sixty six guests, he's obviously the devil, right, guys? I mean, there's also yeah, and like. That's a reasonable thing to assume because he's got this kind of like 
charismatic appeal, but when that's crossed with how just utterly monstrous it looks, it comes off as disingenuine. So it makes it creepier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you can have whatever you wish for, right? That's great. Yes, you. all your wishes will come true once all 666 rooms are filled. Don't think about that too much. Also, don't, don't look at the door. That door is there for no reason. Just eat cakes. Eat cakes. Have a good time. <laughs> and uh, while she is uh, enjoying her stay, uh, we cut to uh, the parallel story, uh, which is leading up to how Alice got into her current situation. As we cut to Alice, five days until entry. As uh, she walks alone on an empty highway in a destroyed and abandoned city. It looks like the aftermath of a kaiju attack. Mm-hmm. There's a very and... particular reason it looks like the aftermath of a kaiju attack, but we're not going to talk about that yet. <laughs> yeah. And as she's just wandering the street, she finds a little uh, she finds a little doll. She picks it up. Its arm tears off. It falls down. She sniffs the air and is like, ooh, a tasty smell and starts wandering off. As a little black butterfly lands on the torn up doll, and uh, yeah, that's um, ominous. That's not ominous, especially with uh, Alice's, you know, big hair ribbon looking kind of like a, a pair of wings mm-hmm. on a on an ominous omen of death. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we come back from the flashback, and Alice has eaten her cakes, and now she is bored, so she is going over to the door. She opens the door, notices that her hand kind of gets like a weird burn slash mutation kind of weird thing it's it's like like a like blight a i guess a blight was the mm-hmm. word i'd use like it's it's something has infected her where she is touched and that prompts serpent to just scream her name go like whoa, whoa whoa what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing don't you know that there are 666 rooms and why would you want to go through that door that's ridiculous like the only reason you'd want to go through that door if you were trying to get to room 000 uh, which is the first room, and then you could go back to the real world, but no one wants to go to the real world. This is so much better. Yeah, out in the real world, there's pain and misery and all this gross stuff. Just stay here and have a good time. Pay no attention to the fact that when I showed up to scream at you for stepping into the black void, I engulfed the page to make it look like the door was my teeth, and you were in my mouth. Don't don't think about that. Don't think about that too much. Yeah. The further you distance yourself from uh, this room, the more your body will rot. That's what the thing on your hand was. Plus, you just need to sit down, wait, and when we fill up all 666 rooms, we're going to have a great big old party and everyone's going to be happy forever. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a feast. Let me do Cat's Cradle with my fingers. Oh. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many, there's so many <laughs> cute little uh, notes in the in the dialogue because um he's like uh there's 431 guests in 431 rooms including you and she's like hmm fully booked then (laughs) (laughs) okay manga i see you serpent does not however because he's like oh yes yes fully booked all the time more rooms are made for more guests that's weird yes anyway the closer you get to room 000 the uh well you'll never make it there because your body will rot all the way through and you'll die that would suck, so don't do that. She's like, I don't care. I'm going to go anyway. That sounds cool. That sounds cool. Already leaving. Okay, uh- <laughs> <Kay>, later. <laughs> you will grow to regret this, Alice. <laughs> well, yeah, then we get the second flashback for Alice of four days. And in case you were under the impression she was a normal girl, uh, this flashback is not... <laughs> 
<laughs> indicative of that. She's tightrope uh, rocking on electrical wires. She's walking around like a destroyed battleship. Uh, without a care in the world. She's at the uh, top of a cannon. Mm -hmm. Just following her nose. And she's like, oh, yep, I knew it. That smell. And we don't know what the smell is yet because she uh, goes into room 430. And this is where we kind of get introduced to where the manga kind of plays in this space for a little bit, at least narratively, of each room is like a separate person's wish personified, but also kind of like a weird mental dreamscape, um, mm -hmm. which really kind of just the entire vibe of this manga, for the most part, is very surreal. Uh, and one of the things I really appreciate about it is it does have that kind of feel of like you're flitting in between dreams. Wait, hold on a second. Matt, are you saying that this character named Alice is in some sort of Wonderland? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm saying exactly that. <laughs> As if you already didn't trust Serpent enough, uh, we have the first of the rooms, which is this uh, Weeb Paradise. Uh, <laughs> well, it's Weeb Paradise number one. Yeah, just, just, a, just a whole bunch of like, it, it, it's this mishmash of what you think of when you think Japanese architecture, uh, all stacked on top of one another, a bunch of little dolls, all uh, ab all abiding the court, which is now in session. And this massive shogun-looking guy who uh, is calling out sinners, uh, dudes with wooden blocks on their heads. Next sinner come forth. Mm-hmm. This has got to be a thing in Japan of... Uh, it's a... It's a bullying scene I've seen over and over in anime and manga. The making somebody a chair thing. Mm -hmm. Like that's that, that's got to be a thing in Japan, I guess. I think I've seen this in like a Yakuza something where they were sitting on top of someone. And more importantly, they were propping their head up with the bottle because when you you it prompts you not to like lose your balance, because if you do, your face goes into broken glass. Hmm. Like it's it's like a criminal thing, yeah. Ah, uh, so it's yeah that that explains why it happens a lot in uh, with bullies because they're often associated with yakuza. Hmm. Interesting. The the blockhead huh, uh, is accused of uh, or well, he's told to confess his sins, and he's like, "I bullied my classmate into suicide," and the shogun's like, "It says that the man survived." Oh yeah, he tried to hang himself, but he didn't die. But I mean, he was a bitch anyway. <laughs> Yeah, this what? guy is not remorseful. And then mm -hmm. when you go into what the flashback was, it's he's sitting on top of him like a chair. And then also on the phone with someone saying what a fucking loser he is. He's not he, even just like he's not using the guy's back as the rest either. He's using his head. It, it's one of those ones where it's like the nature of the dreamscape. I believe that this could have happened. It's also not impossible that this is a like ratcheted up by the. Uh, because oh, yeah. um a hundred percent jacob this is his justice boner of this is the worst possible version of this person and yeah. i am the best possible version because as we find out immediately after because he beheads the guy when he says well do you like did you why'd you do it it's like because it was fun and then cuts his head off and serpent comes in so like whoa alice you see what's going into other people's dreams is this dude's been executing the same criminal over and over again and it's like oh so this dude's dream is this one guy bullied him and he cuts his head off 
for like thousands of times because he makes a comment about how his entire throne is made out of the wooden blocks that were representative of this guy's head. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Hello, uh, Dominus Thrax Warframe. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> This is where it's like, uh, yeah, so if you didn't already not trust Serpent enough, um, this guy's uh, blessed dreamscape where all his wishes can come true is just him reliving his own pain over and over and over again and getting petty, um, meaningless vengeance on, uh, on imagined dolls. Just sitting there stewing in hatred forever. Gave it, gave him power. Did not give him freedom. Yeah, and uh, if uh, Alice's uh, character design uh, still somehow managed to fool you when she's surrounded by the uh, the uh, horrifying uh, uh, puppet soldiers of the uh, Shogun, the uh, the look of, uh, of mild amusement on her face. <laughs> I love, I love how much they set up Alice's not normal. The most Serpent, per- Serpent doesn't seem to notice. Yeah, the most perturbed she gets is her ridiculously big hair bow is at neck level of the dolls, so she has to pull them down to not get sliced. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> but yeah, yeah uh, that- as things get kind of intense, uh, Serpent pulls her away from the ever-increasing insanity of this guy's revenge fantasy loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he... Uh, he kind of ultimately just goes, uh, hey, look, Alice, either move forward or go back to your room. I don't care which. Moving forward, it is. Yeah. And then in case this scene wasn't enough for you to go like, hey, maybe Alice is weird. We get a flashback whose entire purpose is just to tell you uh, Alice can fly because uh, <laughs> she jumps off a cliff because she's tracking the scent of something and just lands gracefully at the bottom. Mm. Oh, she doesn't even jump off a cliff. She jumps off like the rusting hull of one of those weird battleships down, like into the ocean. And she's just, eh, she's fine. No, those are those are guns on top of like a cliff by the sea. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're shore right. batteries. I, I would I would believe that uh, they would make boats out of granite in this or something. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, then it cuts to Alice going out the door and then the gravity shifts 90 degrees. So she's free falling uh, because this next person uh, wished to be a bird. And, and so they so- became a bayonetta angel. Honestly, relatable. I would rather be bird. Maybe not this bird, but you know, a bird. But uh, Alice continues to be not impressed. And like serpents having this kind of dialogue with her about how they've never been outside of the manor. So they have no concept of what reality even is, but how could it possibly compare to these like utter feats of fantasy that can be whatever you want? Surely the outside world must be a terrible, horrible, miserable place if this is what people dream of wanting. Uh, I don't care. I want the real world. I hate lies. These are all just pretty lies to keep people distracted, and that's boring. I don't want that. The, (laughs) The real world is much more interesting. Yep. So she goes through the door. Uh, we get another flashback that's basically just her investigating the beach she's on, and then it cuts what is a bit of a time skip through a bunch of rooms. You can see that her arm is now completely contaminated, and mm-hmm. is like growing like these weird mutated feathers and stuff. Like it, it's one of the things I like is that the um the rot 
is different for each room she goes through. Like she, when she was first stepping out of her room, it was kind of random twisties and then some strawberries from the cake. And now, cause she, uh, at least for our purposes, just got out of the bird room. She's got feathers. This next room is basically it's, it's, <laughs> it's some dude who's playing a kind of like Sentai hero, except it looks like it takes place in the Metroid universe. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Honestly, the design, the, the art in this is consistently very striking, and uh, the the monster designs are sick as hell, dude. I love this. I love this beast. This lanky, like it's basically just a spine, a rib cage, and a twisted mouth with really long claw arms. And despite the fact that it looks so fragile, it still feels heavy and dangerous because of how sharp it is. Yeah, one of the things I love about Bibliomania is it looks like somebody trying to get a job by going like, oh, what, you want someone who can draw different genres? <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't mean to brag, but uh, please look at this and consider my uh, resume. DBH, <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. That's... uh. That's some drive right there. But uh, we find out that uh, uh, just as Alice is about to be smashed by this monster, uh, she is saved by the mighty hero, Space Mobile Prince, Arakim. Arakim. Is something I don't know. And Alice doesn't know either. She also doesn't seem to care very much, which really, really, really infuriates the weeb. I, I I love this because this is the most this is the most annoyed Alice gets. She's like, this story's boring. You're just beating up the monster. Especially because he's got a thing on his wrist that actively paused what was going on. So he could be like, well, you under you should really know this character. They it's very popular. They've made like a bunch of money worldwide. And I'm like, oh God, I know exactly the kind of person whose dream this is. Like <laughs> the other person is like, oh Matt, you should really like Dragon Ball Z. Goku's so famous. Everyone <laughs> loves him around the world. I'm like, yep, the amount of money something's made really is like one for one with my enjoyment of it. <laughs> but uh Alice continues to be unimpressed as more monsters are appearing. And they're all saying like cut off like it looks like monster growls. And then uh, after some uh, fighting, we find out that the monsters are actually saying, work, get married. <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, I, I already had a strong inkling of where this is going. And now I know for sure. <laughs> and now it's confirmed. Which, honestly, if you're slow on the uptake, the very next page where he judgment cuts and destroys all the monsters, only to have a bunch of bikini babes jump out squeeing about how cool he is. With a little label calling the Bikini Babes bonus points. <laughs> and Alice, <laughs> so cliche. <laughs> and then we get the main villain monster who's so He's literally, literally just his dad. Yeah. Tazrizilak, uh, I will defeat you. Suit change. The suit explodes. It, 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 and there it is. It's the balding fat guy. Mm -hmm. You know so the one. We've all seen South Park. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and it's basically just like, hey, uh, you uh, you should leave your room, work, get married. Like, what's going on here? And I'm like, yeah, this guy uh, <laughs> really just get a job is a completely reasonable thing to tell your adult son at this point in his life. <laughs> yeah. As the son is screaming, accept me. Zap, 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 zap. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> 
I love how this is the most emotion we get out of Alice in the entirety is when he defeats the thing is like, see my true power and is being glomped by the horde of bikini babes. She's just like, just showing visible disgust. Like, yeah. <laughs> I wonder this, if this he, is actually pathetic. I wonder if the author has some opinions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have my favorite of the flashbacks uh, for uh, Alice wandering around uh, because she is... She's, she finds her Necronomicon. Yeah. <laughs> this explains a lot. It doesn't, but it seems like it does. Yeah, because in front of a giant destroyed tank thing, she gets a Yandere-ass face going. And then it's like, there you are! She sees a, a book bound in chains in the in the tide which uh the chains are locked up with um a weird flowy material that uh, uh looks to be similar to the the big cocoon thing from the start i wonder if that is uh important maybe <laughs> so she montages through a few more dreamscapes some of them look really creepy. Some of them just look really fun. Like, apparently she went through an entire, like, jazz orchestra room. She seemed to actually enjoy that one. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> there, there's one where uh, her only comment is just lewd. Oh, yeah, because it's it's just the... It's an entire, like, field of flesh. Just, like, arms and legs and butts. And only one head. And then someone who apparently just wants to watch Elvis really badly... Like, it's just TVs of Elvis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of just radically different snapshots of like, wow, these are really cool. And like, the main takeaway is you see Alice walking through them getting more and more corrupted. But also just like, nothing's really catching her attention. She doesn't want to stay for any of them. And uh, one more flashback. She picks the Necronomicon up out of the surf, gives it a big sniff and says, smells like my little brother. Aha, I tricked you. This was an episode of Cis Confidential. God damn, God damn it! it! Not again! <laughs> you can't keep getting away with it. Oh. But yeah, uh, the next room opens up with like a line that I really appreciate because uh, it really just drives home. She's about like close to 200 rooms in, little mm. give or take. And it's, my body is as heavy as lead. The rot has spread terribly. And we see Alice and like the entire right side of her body and her right little hair ribbon as well <laughs> have like uh -huh. been contaminated and are like slowing her down by just, she's a dog head going out of the side of her Coming face. Coming out of the side of her face, yes. Uh-huh. It's laughing at her. It's, it's, it's weird. Yep. Also, you might have forgotten by this point because, wow, look at all this crazy art. But, um... The narration of Alice describing her body as heavy as lead, the rot spreading terribly. Exact same as the uh, opening narration. Just flat text between the panels. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that has something to do with anything. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those ones where it's like, uh, I, didn't, I didn't actually catch that at first. Uh, oh, I definitely didn't. <laughs> uh, I, like, I was reading through it, and um, man, I mean, one thing, I, I mentioned this at any point, Boy, this is a breezy read. I I did all of this in one sitting, and like I didn't even mean to. I just just read through it really fast. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because I mean, like at this point, like the like seemingly extremely overt like biblical overtones to it have basically completely disappeared, and they're pretty much not going to come back. Because uh, that was, I mean, not like it wasn't 
totally and completely a misdirect, but like, that's not what this story is about. It just, you know, it's almost entirely there to trick you into thinking, uh, making you think you know who the real villain is, or I suppose antagonist is the better way of putting it. Well, the antagonist is the antagonist. <laughs> yeah. Which in this particular case is Serpent. Yeah, but uh, so regardless, the room we're in now is like different than the montages we just saw because it's actually a standard house, probably like even like Deptford Wives creepily standard. Mm. But it's like, it's very normal compared to Alice, which is a rotting monstrosity on her, the right <laughs> side of her body. Yep. And, and she it's asked... just kind of from like weird Dutch angles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's this family sitting down, having dinner, having a grand old time. And she's like, oh, hey, this looks so normal. Do you want to get back to the outside world, too? At which point the dad flips out on her like, how dare you come into my house and spout this nonsense? I will call the police. Oh, <laughs> OK. OK, never mind. And which Serpent comes like, let me exposit. This man was a teacher who taught ethics and logic to make a uh, society better. But in his home life, it was he, he was he was kind of shit. Oh, yes. The man who values ethics and logics and preaches them to other people might at home be a hypocrite. Mm. He, he did not live up to his ideals in his reality, and the contradiction drove him to drink and madness, and his uh and his family fell apart. Basically, he's just really, really, really divorced. So he <laughs> came in here and now just has a blissful family dinner for the rest of eternity. Because time does not exist here, so there's no such thing as not making time for other people in your life. So he can live this happy family. But then, like, By as clocks, well, because, yeah, as the story is coming around, like the whole thing was he realized metaphorically his family slipped away from him like sand in an hourglass. So now he hates the concept of time because he spent more of his time on like what an ideal world would be and didn't realize you have to maintain things. <laughs> mm, he didn't exist in reality. Which is yeah. the which he is still doing that. He's just it's a magical fantasy now instead of the alcoholic fantasy. Yep. So he just escaped even harder. I really like the ending line of this is like, you call this living if nothing else he does <laughs> like. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, there's another bit where um, like we had a montage because uh, obviously we're not going to do, you know, what, 431 chapters of of this. Uh, that's not reasonable or sane. Uh, so like we had a montage to get through a chunk of them. Uh, here we have an entire chapter dedicated to a single room. And there's a bit of a through line that a lot of them have where it it starts off with like very like traditionally good, extremely detailed art, like a like classical artist sketchbook kind of thing. And then as you learn an obvious surface level to the wish, but the real thing that the that the wish is meant to give to the person causes the uh causes it all to get more distorted and horary. It's almost mm -hmm. like you're picking apart the fantasy and it starts like literally falling apart. Yeah. I, I do appreciate the crowd of faceless children pointing and jeering, going like, are you a good man? <laughs> are you a good man? And I'm just uh, yeah. like, 
And I'm just like, ah, yes, I see this person has also read amateur philosophy criticism on the internet. It's just like, oh, but mm. (laughs) (laughs) I I also did a philosophy 101 class. I've got some ideas. I'm sure you do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But uh, Alice uh, leaves that space. We have one more flashback of her uh, unbinding the Necronomicon. and as the countdown goes, Alice, 10 seconds to entry, three, two, one, she gets sucked into the pages of the book. And, uh, whoa, it was a story the entire time. Crazy. The four. You need to get to room zero, 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 or should I say page zero, zero, zero? Because <laughs> I'm also aware I'm inside a book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as if uh, they have, we haven't pointed out enough, just how freaking miserable everyone uh living in the fantasy actually is um the next room is a lady just you know preening herself in the mirror uh complimenting her own beauty and uh as she explains her own story it it is revealed that she had been sickly and um it's a little hazy because you know all, all these characters are kind of full of themselves so they blame others for their downfall yeah, no, I mean, how how much how much context is being left out? It, yeah. Is it as simple as it's being presented here? Or is there more to this story that the person isn't uh, isn't either isn't capable or isn't willing to consider? Because mm-hmm. uh, she had some sort of chronic illness and needed to be cared for in a hospital. And she imagined that all of her uh, family who was helping to you know pay the bills and keep her alive resented her and hated her there are people out there who can be awful like that to their family members she might have also imagined their scorn entirely you know we don't know she seems to have a pretty superficial view on the world because uh well being sick and bedridden does uh, doesn't exactly leave you um a lot of time to be uh, uh, an ideal of beauty so uh she uh, got her way into the book and imagined uh, a world of her being a perfect, beautiful flower forever. Definitely, definitely not just coping for what happened to her. Uh, not actually a withered skeleton weeping tears of blood that flood the entire room as Alice leaves. Yeah, this is another rare case of emotion from Alice. She does not seem to be uh, particularly fond of uh, that woman. Mm-hmm. Well, because that woman is addicted to the concept of this reality she's in is not only better or this uh, place she's in is better than reality because she never ages or withers and is beautiful. And like the one thing we actually know about Alice is she hates lies. And like this person is the antithesis of this. Like, yeah, uh-huh. they are not only saying that they would prefer lies. They're saying they are actively better and the world is garbage and worthless. Like, just when you're like, huh, Alice might have a point. She's definitely the protagonist and the hero. Oh, hey, look, a flashback back to outside of that bed she was on when she read the book. And it's at the top of this big statue of, or this big, like, mound of, like, statues and art stuff. And stuff. And is that a blindfolded man tied to it screaming for help? Oh, see, Sam. It's multiple blindfolded people around the entire circumference of this, like, dragon's horde of museum artifacts. Uh huh. All screaming for help. Oh, back uh, in the uh uh, back in the uh uh book world, uh, Alice has made it to page two hundred and sixty-eight. Uh, she she's is, not looking so good. 
she has rotted almost entirely through. And uh, page 268, entirely made out of pages with script on them. At, at which point, uh, Serpent is like, hmm, yes, Alice, now you see the truth of the matter. When you uh, re uh, remove yourself too far from your room, you rot and turn into, and you die. Or should I say, turn into words? <laughs> that, um, that doesn't really make sense. Shut up! <laughs> He has been reduced merely to a record. Emotions and memories never to be lived again, simply read. Also, Serpent is monologuing to a, like, amalgamation of tentacles in the vague shape of Alice <laughs> that, is, that does not talk to him at all and is just kind of limping through the room. And it's interesting because uh, Alice... Like, obviously, her face is all twisted up, but it's twisted into kind of a toothy grin. And uh, she's just breathing heavily because this is painful and difficult, but it could kind of be read as very labored laughter. Like, she knows something that we don't. Hmm. But uh, I really like the art in this one because uh, especially the page where it's just this big close up of Serpent from an overhead shot uh, mm -hmm. because it turns the coil of his body into the script into the strips of paper that make up this room. It's very, very good. Yeah, and he's just doing his whole villain monologue to Alice's left. So this is just him to himself going, uh, yes, Alice, you don't understand. It's impossible to get to page 000. But also, when the party happens, it won't be a party at all, but a party for me. I'm like, mm -hmm. yep, yep, we all we all got mm -hmm. that. <laughs> Oh, oh, wow. The, the, the creepy serpent man in the suit is, the de is a devil. Huh. Never would have guessed. But uh, thankfully for Alice, she reaches page 255, where she wakes up in a beaker. Uh, completely fine. Back to normal. Barely an inconvenience. So uh, since uh, Alice has gotten a bit of a boost, uh, why don't we all uh, take a, a quick break to uh, uh, shed a little bit of the uh, desire rot Yep, go do some experimental drugs. I got you, Jacob. Picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> Hell yeah, we'll be right back, folks. And welcome back to the show, folks, where last we left off our uh, our lovely reader wandering the pages of a story. Uh, she had been uh, almost completely rotten through with stuff, weird phantasmagoria bullshit, uh, only to wake up in a strange beaker, completely back to normal, and with a creepy man with goggles smiling down at her with too much teeth. And I know what you're thinking, dear listener. You're like, man, this is some surreal nonsense that's really gone off the rails. I want, like, just a solid exposition dump that will clear up any misgivings. <laughs> well, you can have the first half of that. <laughs> because uh, as he presses the ominous button, uh, she's just kind of dumped out of a tube. And he's like, hello, little girl. Would you like to hear all of the data I've collected? 
well, I've been humoring everybody else so far, so I'm just going to stand here silently. Yes, me and my clones have been working to decipher this book ever since first entering it. Book? Oh, yes. You see, we've gone and suppressed the rot inside of you with this awesome syringe. Too bad it only works once. Smash. Anyway, uh, so yes, the uh, the scientists... They, yeah, they exposit. <laughs> they exposit that uh, when 666 people are consumed, their flesh and souls will bind together into a being of immense power, which is the party that the serpent spoke of. And you see, there's actually two rots because being in the in the room rots away your desire to escape and leaving the room uh, infects your body with the desire poison. And quite insidiously, the farther you travel from your room and the closer you get to page zero, 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 the more virulent and fast acting the poison gets. So now that you know this, you will go no further, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, sure. Anyway, uh, hey, which one do you use the original? Me, they all say. And then they all fight each other. <laughs> I'm just imagining a. Or the original, where's your proof? Where's the uh, peer reviewed paper you've published? This is why you'll never be acknowledged by the scientific community. <laughs> I just imagine they turn into one of those big cartoon dust clouds with the limbs randomly popping out of it. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of what happens. <laughs> I really like the doctor. He, he, of course, immediately comes off as being a weird creepazoid, but he's just, he, he's like the, he's like the doctors in Big Mountain. He's, uh, he's not, yes, he, he's not exactly harmless, but he's a funny crank. He would be harmless if he didn't have access to equipment. <laughs> uh-huh. So we've got more uh, montage as Alice continues on her adventure. And notably, the inhabitants of the rooms are getting more and more twisted. Because um, we've got we've got one of them is apparently a deep sea fish. One of them's mm -hmm. a big skull. Presumably they've been here the longest, mm -hmm. which has uh, twisted and malformed them as their desires have uh, had presumably decades to just get warped. Oh. Indulgence. But like the rooms are nothing compared to we get uh, like montage of Alice walking and each step she takes is getting more and more labored because she's becoming more and more horribly mutated and just, just yeah. is turning into this like non-human creature. Like if you have a body horror phobia, Alice possesses a bit of her that's become that. And we that's get a, uh, a full uh, two-page spread of... Uh... Actually, Sam, that's a good point. If you have a body horror phobia, um, probably don't be reading this too bad yeah. until, oh, yeah. you, until halfway through. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> maybe you should put a disclaimer a bit closer to the beginning, but eh. nah. Well, it's too late. They've already read it because they did their reading homework. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. But uh, one of the things that I really like is that when Al as Alice was getting more and more rotted before, she was slowing down. But now she's actually speeding up, kind of like uh, her momentum has been building this entire time. And the weight of her rotted body is causing her to, like, fall into all fours like a beast. Yeah, she kind of goes feral a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, cackling uh, and flinging doors open to uh, keep going forward. Ah, yes, the maddening pain has crushed her mind. Once she passes through door 99, she will be in the below 100s, at which point the poison is so fast, even a single step will kill her. 
as she becomes a trypophobia monster. And ugh, I hate that panel so much. <laughs> and she collapses into this uh, withered pile. And uh, Serpent decides that uh, even though he's now down a guest, uh, so it's going to take even longer to reach 666, he's going to gloat over her body. Well, no, technically her soul in the book still counts. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're she right. just tur- she would just turn into pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Which part of you will turn into pages first? Your arms, your legs, your brain, your why is she why, why is she why is she getting up out of a shell of rot? She she's she's breaking out of a cocoon. She she's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and the the two page spread of her like ripping out of the cocoon and like the art has become more and more like viscerally disgusting as it's gotten here. There's just mm-hmm. this two page spread of like the blight being ripped away to the corner. And it's just like a perfect sketch of like pure unblemished Alice and mm-hmm. like with really soft like outline too. So it just looks delicate compared like the, to like what everything's been so far like it gives this it gives this like ethereal lighting kind of mm-hmm. vibe mm-hmm. uh and then you go to the next chapter and uh alice becomes the uh the horror manga villain <laughs> yeah <laughs> just zoom in on her blank stare with the with the murder head tilt you know the one <laughs> <laughs> and serpent's like i I, I I'm sorry. And Alice <laughs> just keeps walking and he flinches to the side. At which point she laughs at him and starts running again. And then makes it through the door into the next room. Immediately turns into like that mold stuff and smashes into the ground, but then immediately breaks out as a completely new Alice. Uh-huh. Like like a uh, cicada rapidly uh, molting and ripping open anew as she is even more fairly tearing across the void, slamming into doors, throwing them open, dying and re- being rebirthed over and over and over again. So basically it becomes Chainsaw Man for a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little really bit. <laughs> I, I also love how... Uh, serpent is trying so hard to understand what's going on that he's not keeping up with how quickly she's descending through the pages she's she is she getting up is she not dying no i can literally feel her life force extinguishing i can sense her pulse and it's stopping and then it's starting again literally how how is this possible and then she just like casually walks into floor zero 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 otherwise known as the table the of table contents. of contents uh-huh. <laughs> yeah and, and, uh bibliomania the main meaning of the biblio part of that is book mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, this is all a giant metaphor and i love this because like the art like all the backgrounds have been like black and uh warped except for like the little ball of light that was Alice tearing, tearing across and not even ball of light, like in a positive little fairy way, but in like a burning shooting star kind of way. And then when she goes through door zero, 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 you page turn and she steps out of the black void into a white void with all of the rot falling off of her, like smoke as she Mm. gently touches down. But yeah, uh, the table of contents is essentially just a big door and some kind of like weird arcane mechanism. And then just a whole bunch of lights like on an elevator panel. Mm-hmm. 
for all 666 uh, potential rooms. Yep. So Alice starts telling him a story, and he's not paying attention, so she's like, ah, we'll continue later, as she opens the door and steps out, the 431 burning off her hand. And her little 431 light turning off. What in the world was that little girl? Ah, how how infuriating. She didn't turn into words. Now it's going to take even longer for me to reach 66. Ding! A new guest has arrived. Wait, oh, did, did she did what? she get it? Did she get back in the book? Yeah, <laughs> I love Serpent's confused. Fit. It's just a panel of him going, "What?" <laughs> it's so good. And then Me when the when when at the the when. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then the lights keep going on like four thirty two, and like they keep dinging like across it. He's like, "What is going on? This makes no sense." But he doesn't care. He's happy because it's all filling up to 666, baby. The manor is now full. And the panel of him with the fucking lamp eyes. <laughs> Serpent is now activated. <laughs> this has activated his almonds. <laughs> the party has begun as like mechanical tendrils come out from the wall and implant into him. Mm hmm. And then uh, the feast is that he eats people. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that wasn't particularly shocking, but I'm glad we've confirmed this. Uh, yep. He goes all the way back to room 666 where uh, a haggard-looking post-apocalypse man is waking up in a blank white void. And, uh, hey, wait a second. That looks an awful lot like one of those guys who was blindfolded. And, and then Serpent eats him and tears into the next room with another uh, post-apocalypse man and eats him. And it's just a lot of pages of Serpent tearing through the various rooms, eating everything. Full Jormungandr, just consuming the Kalpa, devouring the world. We get the, uh, we get the scientists. Huh, that happened sooner than we thought it would. Well, enjoy reality, Serpent. Have fun! <laughs> oh, and Serpent explodes from the book in, like, a like gestating mass of biology just forming into like the vague shape of a claw that rips out into the skyline and his entire body drags forth to just stand like a kaiju above the city mm -hmm. this massive awoken god and he looks really freaking cool he's got these huge like eye wings he's got multiple arms he grew he's extra so arms uh early on in this process Mm -hmm. He's still got that f***ed up face. It's great. Yep. And he's looking at himself in like the reflective glass of a skyscraper and like, I look magnificent. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to share my magnificence with everybody. Where is everybody? Where is everybody? <laughs> As he is uh, charging his big laser beam, ripping apart the city, looking for literally anybody like, come on worship me i'm your god now come out and and then a little girl drifts down onto a fallen skyscraper and it's like i'm sorry alice singing a singing a familiar uh uh children's rhyme mm -hmm. and she's like hey you remember that exposition you skipped out on earlier uh i'm subjecting it you to you now uh <laughs> <laughs> you you don't get an option this time once upon a time there was an unforgetful princess. Unforgetful? But she was terribly ill. She could never go outside, but she wanted to know everything, and she could forget nothing that she saw. So she began reading. 
reading and reading and reading and reading and reading and reading, and she wanted all of the knowledge, but she couldn't go out and get it. She was too sick. And she loved books so much. She wanted to make a book to end all books. And luckily she was the like daughter of a king or something. And mm-hmm. they had the resources to give her whatever she wanted. And they spent a lot building the ultimate book. Book of Truth, which has a little butterfly on the cover. <laughs> and they gave it to Alice and immediately regretted their decision because the book consumed her and turned her into a monster that immediately started grabbing people and consuming them. But not in like an eating way, but literally dissolving their body into words. <laughs> Uh huh. De- deconstructing them into data and then absorbing it. So, uh, so she's a Digimon then. Sort of. The book transcribes automatically all human memories and emotions, possessing life that would not end as all the countries of the world came together to fight it. Even when faced with storms of the sea and searing flames, the newly born book kept going, kept eating, but it did have a weakness. The humans took advantage of it with the, they took advantage of its one weakness, the joy of learning. And so they shot it with biblioclastic rounds. I do love the kind of total shift there. Like they took advantage of its one weakness. If we just fucking shoot it with books. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They They don't really explain biblioclastic rounds. Just we figure it out if we put books in a cannon and shoot it at them. (laughs) <laughs> it it makes a giant string ball imbued with the concentrated magic of the humans of the time we made book bombs we're gonna drop a couple of atom books on her yep <laughs> and that created the big ball that uh had gotten broken early on and at this point serpent is finally figuring it out and then it cuts cuts to a weird documentary about what, what yeah <laughs> This is the point where the thing goes full metaphor. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the, this is this is all just solid metaphor from now on. And then, after the Great War against the B- Bible monster, everyone learned to not fear books and go about doing cool shit. And we all forgot about the horrors of war. But then we realized, hey, we can just make the books evil and make smaller books. And then we can use those smaller books to fight wars. Yeah, Wait, on- this this part i both liked it and also was a little bit disappointed by it because like it's the it's the very very well-worn uh we forgot the horror of the thing and tried to use it as a weapon against each other in our petty conflicts and like doesn't really do anything with it like it's just because it's it's not like she was released because they used it for their own yeah it's completely inconsequential that she was released it's weird. It is. Uh, so they fought. Because she's uh, just she's just released by a bolt of lightning literally falling from the sky. Yep. So uh, they fought more wars with their mini bi- with their mini book nukes, uh, which includes showing the creation of serpent in his book, which is very cool. Some uh, some of the uh, research facilities that created the books were destroyed. The, many of the books were burned. A few lucky copies uh, were scattered across the globe. And humans continued about it, about their lives. They just kept doing what humans do. Living and killing and fighting and doing all the cool things that humans do. And then, bolt from the blue, 
1,786 months out and 24 days after the end of the Great Biblioclastic War, the Book of Truth opened again. And you're like, okay, it's a metaphor for nuclear weapons. I get it. And then the Book of Truth opens again. The people start panicking. And then it just becomes COVID. <laughs> For a, yeah. for a few pages. Yeah, this 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 rapid fires metaphors really quickly. Uh because like there's the um uh there's the uh the the hubris of man uh taking something dangerous and using it for war against each other because they forgot how bad it could be. Then there's the uh uh there's the COVID metaphor. And like the whole thing, like this entire thing is also in aggregate a giant metaphor for the internet. Mm-hmm. like that that one uh becomes pre- all-knowing book uh yeah the, a a book of literally everything uh because like there's a whole thing of like people online arguing about uh bro it's totally a hoax like fake cures for everything and yeah. then just amazing like two panel spreads of kaiju fights like <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> It's it's people freaking out on social media trying to figure out how rubbing onions on the soles of their feet can protect them from the book monster. And then uh, just the huge uh, butterfly shadow of the of the monster it of is, Alice's true form. It's so cool looking. And we I, also get told that the book nukes no longer work because they never worked in the first place. <laughs> like. I thought it, I thought it was because they uh, waited too long the second time, or they that she had gotten that she, she had, had accumulated enough, enough strength. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they they were they were slower to respond the second time because they thought they could handle it, mm-hmm. which again goes into that whole using the terrible thing as a weapon creates humanity's downfall metaphor. That's I think my favorite. quite common. I think my favorite of the like big splash panels of like the montage of the second war is the one where it's just this like vi- uh, field of clouds with a like entire flock of fighter planes flying out of it. Mm-hmm. The lighting in it is gorgeous. The rendering of the clouds, the, it looks like mountains and it's gorgeous. And for some reason, the compositing of it makes me think of like a Bill Watterson comic. <laughs> I, I could see Bill Watterson doing a flight of like fighter jets getting exploded. <laughs> yeah, it's like like those Calvin and Hobbes panels where he's in Calvin's imagination and it's just this incredibly elaborate scene. Mm-hmm. It feels like one of those. And but yeah, the, the monster had gotten too uh, powerful and uh, resisted the biblioclastic rounds and so won the war. So it's like, so now here's the question. Why did the book fill up so quickly after I got out of it? I think we all know, Alice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I need to finish my monologue. I'm being the big villain. But yeah, she she had tied up a bunch of humans as a leftover snack. And when she got out of the book, she fed them all to it to see what would happen because she was curious. I think she knew what would happen. Mm -hmm. But like, because the implication is that's what the humans had been doing was filling up these like 666 page books to turn them into weapons to fight each other. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, there is also an element of I think Alice knew what would happen, but she also wanted to uh, actually experience it because that's Mm -hmm. a major thing that, you know, she talks about where it's like she could she she probably, uh, you know, because she's been in the cocoon for so long. She probably read about 
uh, what happens when one of these lesser copies of herself gets uh, filled up with souls. But she wanted to see it for herself in the real world, wanted to experience it for herself in the real world. Mm -hmm. Because that was the entire point of the Unforgetful Princess. She couldn't go out and experience it. So she had to go and see what would happen. What does it look like inside of her? Yeah, we also do get a little throwaway line about her saying, like, I was really hungry after I died inside you so many times. I had to go eat some more souls. And like, okay, so that's how she was coming back to life. Like every, like Alucard rules, every time her body dies, it gets pumped with someone else's life she's consumed. Yep. Alucard, the homunculi from Fullmetal Alchemist. It's it's a classic. Oh, and then, um... And then she transforms into Madama Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> we establish that she is, in fact, a Digimon. Uh, she evolves to her uh, mega level. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this. She's got the same serpent motif as, well, serpent. Like, she's got the serpentine lower body. But also, like, the butterfly imagery. Her hair has become this intricate, swirling crown. The big hair ribbon has become her massive antenna. It's such a great evolution of her character uh, design. Especially because the thing she's talking to serpent about is with like oh yeah so i i i know exactly how your book works did, did you think you were the only book and then she transforms and she is easily 10 times the size of him <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah uh if you were wondering why it looked like the city had uh experienced a kaiju fight <laughs> there's the kaiju <laughs> beautiful and terrible as she uh then proceeds to just ruffle stomp serpent and devour him I wanted to witness how worthless my little brother and his birth was. Nothing mm -hmm. more. Just so oh. let's review. A book with far more than 666 pages was made. A book incomparably greater. As she uh, consumes Serpent in, in a wonderfully rendered uh, series of pages. Just this absolute visual mishmash of chaos. I do love the focus we get on um, while Serpent's being consumed. They give like two panels to the lady who wanted to live forever, mm -hmm. whose soul is being transcribed into words. So like, ah, you don't get to live forever. All <laughs> lies are being made truth. Like, mm -hmm. rejoice, for I shall keep you in my records. The fact that you were alive. Yeah, that that's sort of the thing, too, where it's like, you don't get to live forever the way you wanted, but you get a kind of eternal life. Mm -hmm. Because you will always be remembered in, you know, the Infinity Book. The truth of you will be remembered, though. That That's the entire yeah. thing, is she's destroying Serpent, who is feeding these people fantasies. Yeah. Like... Well, yeah, that, that's exactly it. You get a kind of immortality, not the kind you wanted. My worthless little brother who lives in the fiction section. Don't you know? I am a <laughs> reference material. <laughs> I will not forget even the tiniest, slightest, most insignificant wavering of your heart. As, she's con as she uh, finishes her uh, final consumption of all the souls of man and all of the words, for that is her happiness. And she stands atop the, as she returns to her Alice form and stands atop the great cocoon, looking out over the ruined cityscape of the setting sun and says, although probably nobody left to read it now. And then the final page is uh, calling back to that doll she interacted with in like, I think the end of the second chapter mm -hmm. uh, with on the ground, its arm ripped off and a little butterfly on it. 
<sighs> so yeah, that's bibliomania. <laughs> Discussion of thoughts, feelings. We have like uh, favorite character and uh, favorite room. I think is a good place to start. Uh, I really liked Serpent. He's so, he's so campy, and uh, I do love a good amount of camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets a lot of the more bombastic panels, so uh, I had a lot of fun with that. As for favorite uh, and for favorite room, ah, uh, I think the man who uh, hated time, because that's just a really neatly contained little mini story. Yeah, Sam, I think I'm gonna pick that one too. Like that, that's just a really good like chunk. Mm. Uh, if I had to pick a room within the the bibliomania, I would pick that one. Uh, if I had to pick like a favorite chapter, kaiju fight, obviously kaiju fight. <laughs> yeah, kaiju fight was <laughs> rad. Well, really more like Kaiju Chase, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Cat devours mouse. Favorite character? um, I think I'm going to... I kind of really like the scientists. Mm -hmm. They're a lot of fun. (laughs) Because, like, I don't know, there's to some extent, I feel like... I feel like if I got into that situation, I was in the book, I'd probably do what they did. I'm human, so I literally can't survive attempting to leave. I might as well learn everything I can about the book. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, like, not for nothing, but they did learn true things about the book. So, you know, I, I, I guess I guess there was a level of like that would that would 100 percent be me. Just like me for real, for real, <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real. <laughs> So, uh, they're not, they wouldn't be my favorite room, though. I don't know. The, it, honestly, I think it's a toss-up between the, uh, the old lady who wanted to be eternally beautiful or, uh, the very first one that Alice got into, uh, the, uh, uh, the guy punishing the, uh, sinners with the plural, the S plural in quotes. Yeah, actually, I think I'm, I'm I think I'm gonna go with the old lady who wanted to be, uh, youthful and beautiful forever, because that one is a better example of, of why I liked them both. There's a level of, um, strictly speaking, she might have been justified in her feelings about how her family was treating her, or she might have been so completely off base. And the fact that we don't know, and that's kind of up to you to, like, judge her character, you know, because, like, we know at the very least she is at some level uh, superficial because her solution to the problem isn't, like cutting ties with her family and finding better people to be with be herself with it's to make herself beautiful so it sort of like immediately frames her in a in a fairly negative light but like maybe her family were jerks and this is a trauma response she's having maybe she's more sympathetic than uh you know it's like uh maybe she's more sympathetic than she appears at first blush uh you know like it it gives you something to think about yeah that one definitely had the most ambiguity the rest of them were just like uh, this person's kind of pathetic. Well, you've got you've got the you've got the literal uh, neat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, come on, my guy. <laughs> so I think that would be my favorite room. And also the again, it's a rare show of emotion from Alice, which is fun. Yep. Probably my probably my um second favorite character, though. Boy, Serpent. I like I understand why he's your favorite, Sam, because he's great. <laughs> he's so much fun. Uh, no, normally we'd ask, would you continue reading? But this is the entire thing. So, I mean, hey, Matt, you said you've read it multiple times and I'd definitely give it a shot again. Yeah, I, I would recommend it because it, it does have that kind of vibe of like reading it on a second pass. You notice things like mm-hmm. even just skimming through it, like for our discussion here, I was spotting so much stuff. Like a lot of the things I pointed out of being like, oh, that's a 
that's that's foreshadowing that was literally me noticing it in real time folks. and yeah yeah thumbing thumbing through the pages as where uh you know as we're talking about it i noticed some things too so i mean my overall feel of this is it presented a lot of ideas and not that a story needs to do this, but I feel like it was um, like because like one of the things that I picked up on very quickly was the idea that this whole thing is a metaphor for the threat of the Internet of like, you know, all this infinite information making truth not exist anymore. If you're inside the book, it's not real, which is a, a, a legitimate problem that the world is dealing with right now. And there, but there's like a level of like it just presents the problem. It doesn't really like do anything with it. And like, not that a story has to, but like it makes it feel a little incomplete to me. But there were also a lot of places, um, both in my first reading and when we were uh, recounting it, me skimming through it, there were a lot of places where I'm like, that means something. Like there, there's, you know, because like, I'm not going to lie. I don't totally understand the point of the doll at, uh, that, gets emphasized oh, so i i like the doll because it kind of like bookends the whole thing where at the beginning alice sees something and we see like one of the few times alice expresses like genuine emotion at something she's like oh cute a doll that's something i enjoy and she goes to interact with it and like immediately by her touching it is destroys it and the second it's destroyed it's no longer the thing she likes anymore so she moves on to it and mm. like that's kind of what she is though she is a creature who was sick well, when she was a person she was sick in her bed and she loved reading books and she wanted to be happy so she conflated that reading books makes her happy so clearly reading the most amount of books will make me the most happy when that's not what actually would make her happy it was a band-aid that she then treated as the solution to her problems so mm -hmm. when she becomes a monster who wants to read all the books and is just like, well, things can't exist outside the book because then they're ha the, like the concept of having all the information is what will make me happy when really what she wanted was to not be stuck in bed. Yeah. yeah. So it's like she wanted to be able to live a life. She was like she doesn't. But she, because she was so sheltered and like not even by anyone's fault, but she didn't know what would make her happy. So she mm -hmm. pursued something to her detriment and to the detriment of what would actually bring her happiness. Like, because yeah, now there end, isn't an outside world. There's no one to share it with at the end. And like, that's the kind of thing was that doll was something that for a second brought her momentary happiness and her interacting with it destroyed it. Like, mm -hmm. and then at the end, all that's left is the broken doll with a little butterfly on its corpse. Like she consumed yeah the endless consumption was yeah uh, like consumption was a uh like an immediate mm -hmm. like word that mm -hmm. stuck out in my mind uh as you were so it's like it's stuff like that where um you know because like there there were there were a bunch of them like that where it's look upon uh my works in despair yeah or well, like the the bible verse at the beginning is that um someone's it's like all sheep from different flocks shall be brought under one shepherd Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah she is going to be the sole purveyor of truth there there's no that? one to experience that truth yeah or to learn that truth um you know so it's like there there's a whole bunch of stuff like that where um you know i i i, I almost get a little bit of a sense that like uh, that this is uh not necessarily a first draft but like it could use a little refinement but i don't know if that's me missing things or not because there's there's a lot of bits where it's like 
I feel like this is a metaphor for something that I'm not catching. And like, you know, subsequent read throughs, you're going to be able to like put things together and, you know, quite frankly, you know, experiencing it, coming at it from different angles after you've let it, you know, sit in the back of your mind for long enough, um, you know, finding meaning in it later is something that this series seems almost built for. And the thing mm-hmm. I really like about it is the kind of surreal dreamlike nature to it where things kind of flow together. But when you like go back and try and pick them apart, it kind of doesn't mesh well because it's got that kind of like dreamlike atmosphere to it. So it's it's less like a puzzle box and more like just an experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's and and I mean, to some extent, like that sort of thing is very challenging. And, uh, you know, it's like I, I kind of wish I. uh experience that kind of story more because uh there's a lot of content and sometimes you can just kind of get mired in comfort food but yeah that was bibliomania and thank you everyone once again for tuning in to the over manga cast as always you can find us on all of your social medias where we are at over manga cast uh you can also find us on youtube where you can like comment and subscribe our episodes there are on a two-week delay so if you want to catch up to date with all of our most recent content we have overmangacast.com and you even have a way of commenting on the episodes there Uh, Tell us what you think. Uh, Give us your interpretations of this very cerebral series. And hey, even recommend a new series that we could uh, uh, check out. Uh, We love uh, doing these uh, short, quick ones that, you know, give you a a big chunk to think about and linger with you. In a short amount of time. Ho, ho, ho. It is the holiday season, and you know what that means. We need to finish the fight for the war with the Polacola Company and on the moon and in the North Pole. It's Klaus! We need to know about the Lunar War. I don't think the Lunar War shows up, but... I need to know! But we need it! We we are reading the final installment for now, I guess I don't want to date the episode, but uh, Klaus, The Life and Times of Santa Claus. So read that if you're keeping up with the show, and we'll see you all next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night.